This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Time now for SG Extra, talking all about housing issues in Singapore. Do you feel like affordability is under threat? We are specifically talking about public housing and soaring property prices overall, apparently forcing people in Singapore, especially the younger generations, to maybe even abandon all hope of owning a home. I'm sure you've seen it in the people around you. Many are opting to rent, at least temporarily. And this was among one of the many topics discussed at the Ministry of National Development's first Forward Singapore engagement session over the weekend on Sunday specifically. Zakir Hussein, Singapore editor at The Straits Times, joins us in the studio to talk more about what came out of that first session. So Zakir, what were your takeaways from what was being said about housing issues in Singapore. Always a hot-button issue, isn't it? It is, and I think more so now in this concern over rising interest rates as well as rising prices. Well, at least rising prices of... uh you know, flats on the resale market. And I think you see sort of record numbers of uh, flats transacted, you know, above a million. And I think Mm. there's some concern amongst uh, the public. But at the same time, I think the vast majority of flats, I mean, there remains a stock of flats that are, you know, being transacted even on the resale market at perhaps, uh, you know, not that high prices. But I think the combination of cost pressures as well as, you know, sometimes the figures that make the headlines, I think, does lead to some concern. And I think this was something that National Development Minister Desmond Lee, who oversees the Housing Board, kind of said the government was quite concerned about and was committed to making sure that prices remain affordable. Mm. The thing is, the prime location public housing model was something that he talked about as well. And he mentioned how it has been introduced to ensure opportunities for Singaporeans of all backgrounds to live in central locations, rather than just leaving everything to free market forces. Of course, wealth stratification is an unfortunate consequence of that, of leaving Mm -hmm. it completely to market forces. What do you make of this statement? No, I think it's very relevant, especially given, you know, current concerns about perhaps inequality rising as as sort of, uh, you know, housing in prime areas uh, end up costing more on the resale market. And I think one of the um, advantages of the PLPH or the Prime Location Public Housing scheme is that uh, BTO prices, you know, although they're they're a little higher than prices in in more uh, non-mature estates, they are actually available at a fairly, I guess, competitive price to new homeowners. The catch comes when you are, you know, if you're trying to sell it early and so on, and then, you know, there's the resale levies that kick in. But I think, you know, given that it's still a fairly new scheme, given given recent take-up rates as well of uh, BTO applications under the scheme, I think there's uh, healthy interest and, and demand for these homes. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. 
So clearly, while there are solutions, there are problems yeah. that are overpowering a lot of people's decisions that are influencing the way they mm-hmm. act in the housing market. And we talked earlier about how a lot of younger people are opting to rent instead mm-hmm. or still live with their parents. You know, mm-hmm. all of those things do exist. What were some of the solutions that were suggested during this session for some of those issues? Yeah. So I think um, maybe they might not be as clear solutions, but I think a lot of these sessions and yesterday's was just the first of about some 20 or so public engagements that will take place over the next eight weeks or so. It was more to, to sort of air some of these concerns and considerations and I think perhaps even garner suggestions from the public uh, on possible solutions uh, for some of this. And I think one of the solutions or possible solutions or ideas that Ms. Lee kind of surfaced was perhaps, you know, how they can have a better mix of housing types, right, as well as new housing types uh, to address the needs of, say, singles who want to live uh, close to aged parents, people with disability uh, looking to live independently, even possibly new housing designs to accommodate those who might need more space, say, for home offices or to work from home. There were also suggestions raised on perhaps how infrastructure around estates could be more inclusive to people of all abilities. Not just ramps, but things like wheelchair lifters, you know, as we get an aging population and most people need, and more people um, end up needing mobility devices to move around. Um, so I think some of these are just possibilities that were floated. Mm. Um, and I think the aim of these exercises was really to just surface um, possible solutions as well. Mm. Any mention of how affordability might be controlled or managed in the future? For instance, I do know over the years, a lot of people have said, you know, it should not be subjected to market forces. The HDB should be controlling prices better, mm. even for the resale flats that are in the market. So there wasn't, a, you know, I'd say there wasn't an open response or solution to that. But I think it's it's always, I say it will be a perennial concern. But at the same time, I think most people, especially those who might have bought their homes at an earlier stage and, and are glad to see the appreciation in the value of their homes on the resale market. I think if there were, say, centralized price controls or, or caps on how much you can sell your flat for, mm. I don't think this would go down too well as well with many of these homeowners. I think so long as there's some uh, degree of reasonable appreciation, and I think one of the suggestions raised, I believe, was to perhaps kind of drive home the message that really, if you're buying a HDB flat, it's meant to be primarily, well, your primary home rather than as an asset for investment. Mm which some people might might sort of see it as. But at the same time, you see many young families also, um, you know, aspire to upgrade. So they buy a smaller flat first and then they upgrade to a larger flat and possibly a condominium or, or private housing, you know, at a later stage in life. And I think uh, neither do you want to be a society where some of these aspirations are, you know, perhaps stifled, you know, uh, out of overriding uh, concern over price controls. I think it's important to ensure that generally prices don't run away and get too high. Mm. But at at the same time that, you know, you allow for some appreciation. Right. And there are always cooling measures to contain runaway right, prices. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much, Zakir. Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Thanks for joining us. The SG Extra podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.